Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the leprosy of Naaman as we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now, Naaman was the captain of the hosts of Syria. He was a great man with his master. He was honorable because the Lord had actually helped him to subdue many nations. He was a mighty man and very brave, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captives out of the land of Israel. And a little maid happened to be the servant of his wife. And she said, it's too bad your husband isn't with a prophet that's there in Israel because he could heal him of his leprosy. And so it was told to Naaman, and he told the king that there was a prophet in Israel that could cure him of his leprosy. And so the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, sent a formal letter to the king of Israel and sent Naaman down, and in the letter it said, I want you to heal my general of this leprosy. So when the king of Israel saw Naaman come in, knew who he was, this captain of the Syrian host and all, and when he gets this note, I want you to heal this guy of his leprosy, the king just became excited and, and, and concerned. He said, look how this guy's trying to pick a fight. Am I God that I can heal him of his leprosy? You know, the, the guy's just looking for trouble. He's trying to start a fight. And so the king had torn his clothes and was all upset. And word came to Elisha of how the king was so upset because of this demand. And he said, send him down to me and he will know that there is a God in Israel. And so Naaman came to Elisha's house. And Elisha didn't even go out to meet him, but sent his servant Gehazi out with the orders, go down to the Jordan River and just dip in the Jordan River seven times. And after you've dipped seven times, you'll be cleansed of your leprosy. So Naaman became enraged. He said, that guy didn't even have the graciousness to come out and meet me himself. Send a servant out to me. And then tells me to duck in that Jordan River. We've got better rivers up in Damascus. And he, went, he headed home in a rage, just mad. And as they were going along, one of his servants said to him, you know, had that prophet told you to do some great deed, you know, go out and slay the dragon and get the seven golden apples. Had he given you some great deed to do, you would be glad to do it because it's just such a simple thing. Why don't you try it? What's it going to hurt? And so they came to the Jordan River and Naaman dipped himself in the Jordan River and when he came up the seventh time, his flesh was pink like a baby's flesh. The leprosy was gone. He was so excited, he headed back to the prophet's house because he was loaded down with all kinds of gifts 
that the king of Syria had sent. And he came to Elisha, and, and he sought to give to Elisha some of these gifts that he had brought from Syria. And Elisha said, no, I don't want your gifts. Keep them. Now, in coming back, he acknowledged that there was no God in all the earth but in Israel. I know that, he said. I pray that you'll take this blessing. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And, and Naaman urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, I told you that a fellow that would have this kind of a gift would have problems. And unfortunately, some people who have had a ministry of healing or whatever have been guilty of using that to enrich themselves. People become very excited when they see God work. They want to lavish the servant of God with gifts. But here is Elisha refusing the gift. Rightfully so. He didn't heal Naaman. The Lord healed Naaman. Why should Elisha receive a gift for it? And the guy urged him, but still he refused. In the healing of Naaman, we, we find some interesting things, and one of them is that uh, typically we, all of us, really have difficulty with just accepting the grace of God. We would all of us like to do some great, wonderful thing for the Lord. You know, I would like to, to go out and conquer a thousand giants or something. I want to do some great thing for God, just to receive from God the simplicity with which God gives to me. And the fact that he gives to me so freely and in such a simple way that I can't get any credit for it. Somehow I would like to deserve or earn God's blessings but I can't. I can only receive by grace the goodness of God. And salvation is such a simple thing. The Lord says, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Oh, how simple it is. But we rebel against that simplicity. Now, Lord, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to go out and witness, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do this, and I'm telling God all of the things that I'm going to do for him because of what he's done for me. It's awfully hard to accept grace gracefully, isn't it? Just to accept the fact that God loves me and to receive his gifts gracefully. Now, the servant Gehazi when he saw Elisha turning down these gifts, he began to think, wow, what I could do with just a little bit of that loot. I could buy an olive orchard, a vineyard. I could hire me some servants. Man, I could be set up if I just had a little bit of that loot. And he started thinking of, of what he could do with some of that reward that Naaman was offering. 
And so he went chasing after Naaman. And they said, hey, it looks like the servant of the prophet's coming. And so he said, let's wait. Maybe something's gone wrong. And when Gehazi came up, they said, is everything fine? He said, yeah, everything's fine, except that uh, my master had a couple of young prophets come in, and, and they didn't have much. And so he'd like a couple of changes of apparel for them and a talent of silver. And Naaman said, oh, here, take a couple of talents of silver. And, and he was happy to give it to him. And in fact, they, they sent a fellow back, carrying it back. But when they got to the gate of the city, Gehazi said, that's great, I'll take it from here. And he took it and put it in his house. And came whistling in. <laughs> Elisha said, where have you been? He said, didn't go anywhere. And he said, did not my spirit go with thee? When you received, when you went out to their chariot and stopped them, and you received the money, and you received the garments, and the olive yards, and the vineyards, and the sheep, and the oxen, the men servants, and maid servants. Now, you see, he starts to read his mind at this point, or he starts to, to, to discern what was on his heart. These are the things he thought he would buy with the money. The olive yards and vineyards. He's going to have servants of his own. He was going to buy some oxen, and he's going to buy some sheep. He was going to set himself up. And the prophet starts laying out the things that he had in mind to do with this money. And he said, the leprosy that was upon Naaman is going to be upon you and your family. And so Gehazi went out from his presence, a leper. Now, the sons of the prophet said, hey, we have a hard time living you, man. You, you, you live too straight. We need to build us a house to live in down by Jericho. And so he said, fine, go down to Jericho and build your house. They said, well, come down and help us. And so he went down to Jericho with them. And they were felling some trees by the Jordan River. And one fellow's axe head flew off and went in the water. And he said, oh, no, I borrowed that axe head. And Elisha said, well, where did it fall in? He said, over in there. So Elisha took a stick and cast it into the river and the iron floated and he said grab it and so he grabbed the axe head now the king of Syria was warring against Israel and he had a meeting of his generals now he said in such and such a place we will set up camp and we will ambush the king of Israel when he comes by so Elisha sent to the king and warned him of the ambush that Ben-Hadad had sent and he saved Ben-Hadad from the ambush. I mean, he warned the king of Israel. And he saved the king of Israel from the traps that Ben-Hadad had sent more than once, more than twice. And so Ben-Hadad figured that someone of his upper council had to be leaking the secrets. There was a security leak somewhere. And so he called his generals and he said, Okay, which of you guys is for my enemy? And they said, none of us. But there's a prophet over there in Israel. You can't talk to your wife in your bedroom, but what? He knows what you're saying to her. And he said, go and bring him back a captive. So they said, well, he's in Dothan. And so the Syrian army came to the city of Dothan and circled the city of Dothan. 
with their horses, chariots, and a great company of men. And they came by night, encircled the city. So in the morning when Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, got up and went out, he looked and he saw the Syrian army had circled the city of Dothan. And he went running back in, woke up Elisha, and he said, we've had it. We're surrounded by the Syrian army. And Elisha said, don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. And then he prayed, O Lord, open up his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, and he saw the chariots of fire round about Elijah and about the Syrian army. Spiritual insight, it sure makes a difference on our whole outlook in life. Lord, open our eyes that we might see the truth, that we might not just see the obvious physical things, but that we might see the spiritual realities. For many times in the physical realm, it looks like sure, certain defeat, unless you can see it in the spiritual realm and you know there is a sure, certain victory. If we look only at the flesh and at the physical, we are prone many times to be filled with fear and with despair, hopelessness, because it looks like things are hopeless. That's only because we're looking at the things which are seen. But Paul said we look at the things which are not seen. They are the eternal things. Now it speaks of the men of the Old Testament in the 11th chapter of Hebrews as it talks about these great men of faith. And in referring to the deeds and the exploits of these great men of faith, it says, and they endured as seeing the invisible. What was the secret of their endurance? What was the secret of their power? What was the secret of their ability to go through all of the things that they had to go through and all the things they endured? Because they could see beyond just the obvious physical things. They could see the realm of the spirit. They endured as seeing the invisible. Men who have spiritual insight actually see so much more. And that is why their lives are so stable and so secure. Even though the world around them may be shaking, yet because they can see spiritually, they are not shaken. And then... Elijah prayed to the Lord, and he said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And the Syrian army was smitten with blindness. And Elisha said, This isn't the place you fellows wanted. I'll lead you to the place you want to go. And he led them to the city of Samaria, into the gates of the city, and to the king of Samaria. And he said, Now, Lord, open up their eyes. And when they opened their eyes, they found they were in the center of Samaria, and they were surrounded by the the Samaritan army. And the king of Samaria was all excited. He didn't know what to do. He said, but shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And Elisha said, no. He said, if you'd taken them as prisoners of war, you'd feed them. He said, so feed them and send them home. So he prepared a great feast for them, fed them, sent them home, and they didn't come for Elisha again. <laughs> now it came to pass after this, though, that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered together his host and brought them up to Samaria, and he set up a siege, cutting off Samaria, and there was a great famine in Samaria. 
so bad that a donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver and a pint of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was walking along the wall, a woman cried unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he says, What do you want me to do? Sweep up the barn floor for you or get the culls out of the wine press? What ails you? And she said, This woman yesterday said, Give me your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. And so yesterday we ate my son, and now she's hid her son. Make her produce him so we can eat him. And when the king heard this, he tore his clothes, and he said, God help me if I don't have the head of Elisha the prophet by tomorrow. Now it is interesting. It is because of the fact that this king was leading the people into idolatry that they were having these problems. And yet he wants to blame God and the servant of God for the problems. How irrational can a person be? But it is interesting how many times when a person has problems, they, they want to strike out at a servant of God. They want to blame you. They think you've been praying for him or something. And... You know, they really get angry with you because of the problems that have come into, your, into their lives. When the problems are there because they have forsaken the Lord. But that's just a part of the irrationality of people. And so he, he was blaming the prophet of God. God help me, tomorrow I'm going to have that guy's head. And so Elisha was sitting in his house and some of his friends with him. And as they were sitting there talking, he said, how about that? Look what that son of a murderer is going to do now. He's sending a guy down here to get my head. He said, when he gets to the door, pin him, hold him fast. For behold, the feet of his master are right behind him. And so this guy came running upon the porch, and the guys opened the door and held him, pinned him. And the king came up. And Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, they will be selling a bushel of fine flour for 65 cents and two bushels of, fine, of barley for 65 cents right in the gates of Samaria. Now the prime minister, the guy upon whom the king leaned, said to the prophet of God, if God would open up windows in heaven, could such a thing be? Now it is interesting that so often we try to figure out how God can do his work. God gives us a glorious promise, but I want to know how's he going to do it. I've got to be able to somehow figure it out in my mind. Now, the Bible says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, that's great. But how is he going to supply? You know, I, I've got the bills coming. How is he going to meet the bills this way? How is he going to do it? As though I need to know the methods. Now, I'm always trying to figure out how God can meet my needs. 
I'm always trying to figure out a way by which God might answer my prayers. And when I figure out a way by which God might answer them, then my prayers are usually direction prayers rather than direct prayers. My prayer turns into my solution. Oh, Lord, I've got it worked out. If you'll just do this and this and this, Lord, then it's going to come. You know, it'll happen. But God doesn't always follow my directions. And that's where we have problems. Because if he isn't following my directions, then I get upset with him. Mm, I don't think he wants to help me. I don't think he wants to answer my prayer. You know Why? Because he's not following my directions. I got it all worked out the way God's going to do it. Rather than just direct prayers, I'm telling God how to do his business. And so this guy tried to figure out, rationalize how that, how in the world, when they're selling a donkey skull for 80 pieces of silver, how in the world they're gonna be selling fine flour for 65 cents tomorrow. Continue with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of 2 Kings on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Kings 5 through 7 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. God bless you. Fill your heart with an understanding of His love. Fill your life with the fullness of His Spirit. May He watch over you and keep you. May the good hand of our Lord be upon you to bless you and prosper you in His way as you walk with Him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most, or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. So it's with great pleasure that The Word for Today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. Every message is dynamic. 
and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. 